Hello, everyone. It's me, Allison. The show is about to start, but just real fast, a quick reminder. I want to tell you guys, um, if you are doing some shopping, perhaps some Black Friday shopping, holiday shopping, etc. Like Christmas type uh, shopping? Christmas type, any sort of shopping at all. I have put together some lists on Amazon. Lists with things stuff. on them? Daniel, just... <laughs> Pipe down for one second. (laughs) Beauty stuff, makeup stuff, home stuff, kids stuff, podcast equipment, books I recommend, all of this stuff. And Daniel's stuff? Oh, yeah. Daniel's Corner, where I put stuff that I know that he likes. But Daniel has recently gotten way more involved. And he put together a special Christmas spectacular gift guide for you. You guys will not even believe it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what's on there, but it's literally uh, some things. Lots of things. And well, a whole big stuff. caption explaining if his you process. you know someone who's exactly like me, they are going to love it. And here's where you go to see all of this. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. And we'll be adding to it. It's nonstop, you guys. Yeah. Okay, here's the show. Bye. You guys, I lied. I said the show was starting right now, but I have one more quick announcement. I'm co-hosting a new podcast. It's brand new. It's called Upworthy Weekly. I'm co-hosting it with a guy named Todd Perry, who I'm having so much fun with, although he is wrong about so many things, especially Christmas music, but also other stuff. But anyway, uh, Upworthy Weekly, we come out on Saturdays. Please give it a listen. Subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a comment, a review on Apple Podcasts that helps out the show so much, especially because we are brand new. As I've said, between one and four times right now, I've lost track. But anyway, please give it a listen. Uh, It's a lighthearted news podcast. We're taking a look at the most popular and engaging stories from the week before that ran on Upworthy. And it's, uh, it's just what your holidays need. And then when the holiday, when we're past the holidays, it's just what that part of the year needs. It's just exactly what you need. Please listen to it. Upworthy Weekly, new episodes every Saturday, wherever you get your podcasts. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we've had the good times never end. Allison Rosen. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm going to bring in my guest whom I'm very excited to catch up with in a moment. But first, I have to tell you, um, you know, I look, I am I am you look up TMI in a dictionary, you find a picture of me. I was just on a Zoom call, not a podcast, but a Zoom call, and I felt a little something happening. And I thought, no, this can't be happening based on look, if you're if you have female parts, then you know what I mean when I talk about tampon math. I was doing some feminine product calculations in my head and I thought there's just no way this I'm imagining it. And yet still I grabbed a wad of Kleenex and I very carefully while on the Zoom call stuffed it in my pants um, thinking, I God, I hope she can't tell what I'm doing. But anyway, that I, I had a full on... <laughs> I just caught sight of my guest who is in the background. <laughs> anyway, I had a full on feminine.
in disaster mere moments ago. And thankfully, I know my guest well enough that I was able to say to her, I just had a feminine emergency. Can we push this a few minutes? So um, sort of like when you're an adult and you fall down and you think, I feel like a child. Being as old as I am, having had my period for as long as I have, why is this happening? But I guess actually, as you get older, they don't tell you this. It starts happening more and more. So uh, look, you didn't need to know any of that, but I feel better having gotten it off my chest. And now, and by the way, Tony, again, still not here. So he can't push against just the complete too much informationization that's happening. <laughs> I would like to welcome to the show. She is a dog trainer. She is my friend. She is someone who fat shamed my dog until she lost the extra weight. And last time I took her to the vet, the vet said she's in ideal body condition. And that's all because I know because this guest made me feel terrible about what she called loving her too much with food. You might re remember her from the Animal Planet show Rescue Dog to Super Dog. <laughs> Please put your hands together. I think a horseshoe just fell in her apartment. Please put your hands together for the one and only Laura London. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I'd like to start by saying I'm really, it, it, it makes me, it wasn't a horseshoe. It's a puppy and she's going to, I think, maybe join us later. I thought I took everything dangerous out of her pen and clearly I didn't. Uh, but it's really nice to know that you and I... Um, are on the same cycle. Okay. So I would just like to say, it's great. Great. To, I kind of had the same thing today. Not as dramatic. I wasn't on a Zoom call, but yeah, I was doing the tampon math for yeah. sure. For sure. Have you found that, and we are going to talk about dogs and we're going to catch up with you, but have you, this is catching up with you. Have you yes. found that as you're getting older, it's getting more unpredictable? Um. Well, I don't like unpredictability. I just threw it. Chew toy at the dog. Um, so I am on a pill that is okay. a 90 day pill pack. So I only have my period like every three months, but that has become unpredictable. And I don't want to like tie it again to the vaccine because we've had some conversations. I've had conversations with my girlfriends about like how their periods haven't been the same uh -huh. since they got vaccinated. And that's why I don't want to freak anybody out, but that's for sure been the case. So um, mine are, are, are still unpredictable in the time that I'm supposed to have them. Like, right. They're way like somewhere randomly at the end of the week or something. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's a thing. It's getting yeah. older and stuff like that, I guess. I know I have some girlfriends who are having a horrible time and the whole yeah. menopause and perimenopause stuff. And I, I'm not, I'm not there and I don't want to go there because my girlfriends <laughs> are going through some gross stuff and i'm just like oh no yeah why is nobody in my family has talked about it i had to call my sisters and i was like why is when did mom go through it and like did, like nobody it's like some weird secret that women don't talk about or something until you're in it and then you're like why isn't anybody talking about this yeah. that's why i think what i'm doing which is grossing out most people and turning them <laughs> off really i'm doing this is a service now, to bring it to dogs, I have a question for you. Yes. Our sweet Wendy. Yes. Uh, who's now seven. Amazing. You started working with us um, when she was just, I don't know, a few a few months she old. She was tiny. Yeah, yeah she, was she was little. Yeah. And the advice we had received was let her go through one heat. 
that is what some dog people feel you should do that you should spay and neuter them later because then at least they get like one round of hormones and i remember you're like do it now allison do it now do it now do it now um why um well, I think I come from like everybody's coming from like a different place. Agenda, right? right. So like, yeah. Yeah. Like vets are always like, hey, don't take your dog outside until they get all their shots. And it's like, as a trainer, you're like, that's the worst thing ever because like <laughs> the vet wants your dog not to get sick. Mm-hmm. I want your dog to have good behavior and be super socialized. So I'm going to say, please take your dog out between eight and 16 weeks. It's a critical period that you have to socialize them. If you wait till after 16 weeks, you're like behind the eight ball now Mm because that window's closed. So, so (sighs) I, I just think, um, I, you know, I had a dog, I had a a whippet. Her name was Diva. She lived to be 16. She was a great dog. Um, she was the dog I thought I was going to like get married and have kids with. I was like 20 when I got her. <laughs> she died when I was 36 and I was like single and unmarried and no kids. And I was like, wow, it's amazing what you think when you're 20. But anyways, mm-hmm. she was a great dog, but I didn't spay her in like immediately. And I just remember her bleeding on everything I owned and how just, just what a pain in the ass that mm-hmm. was for me. It put me out, truly. It put me out. And she didn't need it because she wasn't going to have babies. And she still lived to be 16 and she had no cancers and she hadn't, no, she was the healthiest dog I've ever had. Um, but I don't attribute that to her not being like spayed earlier. That's right. just who, that's just what she was. Um, certainly with male dogs, um, you know, you've got that testosterone machine like cranking, crank, 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 and at like nine months, I like to get boys neutered before nine months because mm-hmm. nine months they have like this dump where they have like ten times the testosterone of an adult male. Oh wow, a little teenager. Right. That's, that's fun. On like right, <laughs> total. That's super fun, especially if it's like a big dog who's like just biting and being a pain in the ass and mm-hmm. like just making your life a hard. And it's like a fifty pound dog. Or more. Um, so, you know, I like try like six months is like my sweet spot. And and there's and and the other thing is like there's no like one hard and fast rule. There's not one agreement. We all can't agree and mm-hmm. say, hey, doctors aren't saying here we did all these studies and it's proven that it lowers this and it raises this and it does this and it's good for their hips and they don't have cancer and blah 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 blah. Um because then there's another study that like contradicts all of that. Yeah. Um, so you just have to kind of land and as a trainer and like m- behaviors may jam. So like I land on the behavior part of it. So I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, we just want to not have that be in the way. So, right. So that's what I, that's yeah. what I said now. I was me. looking at, I was watching other people have this debate about Labradors on TikTok or something. It's been a yeah. fun pandemic, Laura London. I've been in all corners of everything. But anyway, <laughs> they were having this debate on uh, on TikTok. And someone was saying, if you let them, you know, keep their parts and, you know, if you delay spaying and neutering, then it lowers the chances of X, Y, Z cancers and then someone's like yes but if you neuter them younger it lowers or neuter and spay them younger it lowers the chance this is to your point it lowers the chances of these other cancers so it really is kind of six of one half right. dozen of the other i the only one that i can speak of truly is if you take off their balls they have zero chance of getting testicular cancer yes it completely wipes that out you can't do it 
Um, and then, you know, in Los Angeles, where you are, it's like a mandatory spay neuter state. Right. So they say it's mandatory that you have to do it, but we're not going to offer it for free. So if you're poor, sorry, we're just going to take your dog and charge you a bunch of fees, but everybody else get it done. I don't think that the overpopulation problem is, um, necessarily people who aren't getting their dogs and it sounds weird, right? Because I'm going to say, yeah. I don't think it's people who are keeping their dogs intact that are causing the problem. Because most of the people I know who have intact dogs, they've never been out of the yard. They've never mm-hmm. fathered other puppies. Like, they're they're great dogs. It's not the issue. But, like, we kind of had to figure out, like, okay, what's the one? What can we, What rule can we make to, like, stem the flow of unwanted puppies and all these dogs dying? Okay, so... We can't solve it all by spay neuter. There's got to be rescue and there's got to be a, and support and intervention for people, low incomes and things like that, and no services. So it's a big, big thing, but that's like the big general thing. Right. Just, and, and very, and Northern California, we've talked about this before versus Southern. Southern is very spay neuter all over the place. And here it's very like, it's your, it's personal. It's my dog, my, my dog's body. It's my dog's very, body, my choice. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so wait, if you don't think that um, a lack of spaying and neutering is causing the the dog overpopulation problem, what do you think is causing it? Poverty. So because yeah, because I don't think if I think if you're forcing people to make if people could make that choice if they could afford care for their dog and spay and neuter their dogs, mm-hmm. I think they would do it. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it is a pain in the ass. Oh, I probably, see what you're saying. It's so, you know what so I'm it, saying? it does have to do with not spaying and neutering, but it's not the people who have made the choice. It's right. the people who don't have them. It's, it's that right. the means to take care of this weren't, mm-hmm. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then, so then what you have, what happens, and I know I've, I've, I talk about this sometimes. And so if, if people are like, God, oh, she's going there again. Um, <laughs> You know, so say I have, um, you know, no services and I don't have a car and I have two jobs and I love my dog and um, they're not spayed or neutered or whatever. And they get out of the yard um, because I can't afford to like fix my fence or whatever the case is. They get picked up. They go to the shelter. I can't afford to get my dog out of the shelter because they're going to ding me for license if mm-hmm. he's not licensed and it's not going to be licensed because it's not spayed or neutered and to license a dog that's intact is super expensive so license are going to ding me they're going to they're going to spay and neuter my dog and charge me for it they're going to um charge me an impound fee um and all of a sudden i'm at like 500 dollars. yeah so i have to make the decision to leave my dog there because i can't afford to get my dog out and i break my own heart and i can't there's nothing i can do about it and so that a lot of dogs end up in the system like that. I didn't realize that. That is so yeah. sad. Cause I know so, you've done. So we used to, oh my gosh, what was it called? I had a segment where I would feature a shelter dog that you yeah, were working with. And right. we actually got some dogs adopted, which was great. And we would do it every week. Yes. It yes. might've been like dog of the week. Um, it but, might've just been something that catchy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and original. Um, right. But, but so I know that you've done a ton of work with shelters. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that oftentimes um, this this oh, it's such a sad situation. I didn't realize that oftentimes dogs in shelters are wanted. They're just not afforded by their family. Yeah. That's yeah. so sad. Like not every dog there is like dumped. Right. Like, 
your dog keeps getting out. Yeah. Like you can't like, and that's when I, you know, when I was at that, that, you know, the South shelter, um, it's got a name, Chester Field Square, something. I don't know. The South LA shelter Mm -hmm. has a new name. Um, but that intervention program, which is just epic. Um, thanks to Lori Weiss from downtown dog rescue. She, she, she started that. Um, we had like a guy who would come fix your fence. We had training classes. They had like all these services to intervene if people didn't have the means to keep the dog themselves for whatever reason. So, you know, and that's why they do these free spay neuter clinics and they go into the the neighborhoods that don't have access to these and you sign up and you come and you do your vaccines and you do your spay neuter and those people are lined up there. They're like, yeah, we're not like kicking and screaming, like trying to get them to do it. They're like, yes, thank you. I love this is great. I couldn't afford it. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't afford to do it. Right. So So. when we last talked to you, you were living in Texas and you were (laughs) going to give it a year. Uh, and you are not in Texas anymore. <laughs> You're in Napa mm-hmm. area, which is where mm-hmm. you're from originally, even though you lived in LA for many years. Um, so, so, so tell me about the decision to say goodbye to Texas and how you're feeling now. And you also have a dog named Texas and that's not what I we're do. talking about. And he, he actually changed his name to Texas, <laughs> to Texas, um, after we left, I think it was like September 1st is when all the legislative changes happened in Texas and he just couldn't identify um, with his name anymore. So he changed his name to Texas, like Brexit. Um, and he just, generally, we just call him Tex now, so uh-huh. not to confuse him with the state that will sh- shall remain nameless. Um, so yeah, I had been to Texas in Austin, which isn't really Texas, mm-hmm. um, a lot. Uh, in the past. And so I'd never been to Houston. I went and checked it out. I got, I got kind of recruited by a a dog training facility, um, which seemed lovely. And I, I, it seemed like we were aligned and it seemed like it it was going to be a really good thing. They did a lot of puppy raising, which is, you know, you can hear the squeaky thing in the back right now. And that's, you know, a lot of socialization, a lot of foundational stuff. And I was like, I'm so into this. This is so great. And then like you get there and then you're like, oh, the reality is like, it, it's not really like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, for a lot of reasons, it's not like I was, I don't feel bait and switched. It was just not what I, it's not what I like to do. And it's not how I like, it's not, I, sometimes you have to do something to realize that you don't want to do it. Often. I find that I often do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, You know, I was like, yeah, why not? You know, COVID, I left in August 2020. COVID was totally in full swing, right? Mm -hmm. And it was starting to get tough here as a private dog trainer because they really couldn't go into people's homes. Mm -hmm. People are kind of freaking out. And so it all was just kind of timing that this, this position Appeared. So I just packed up everything and I had two dogs at that time. I have one now. Chappie mm. went with me and he, he, poor guy, died in Texas. Aww. But we brought him back. He's, uh, he's here. In here. Oh, a cute dog urn. <laughs> I have like a bunch of them. I just, too many dead dogs. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, it was, it was, uh, Houston's really ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
ugly. If you come from Northern California or even Southern California. Southern California really has its ugly places. I mean, it does have its ugly places, but you have like mountains and hills and you can see them on a clear day and you have the ocean and it's like, there's some real beautiful, you get in the mountains and go hiking in LA. It's gorgeous. Like you got into the desert, gorgeous. And up here, there's tons of beautiful vistas and gorgeous Mm -hmm. and you can see can all you hear is that puppy crying? Because that's all I can hear. I can hear you too. I do okay. hear a little bit, but it's like an adorable doodle named Mabel, right? Maple, maple, yeah, like maple syrup. Oh, she lives in LA. She's going, <laughs> she's going home next week. She's doing really good. Um, she's ridiculously cute. So, um, but so Houston is really flat, flat, mm-hmm. super flat. Lots of trees. So I was like, well, maybe the trees will make it pretty. No. Uh, it's really flat and there's no natural beauty. Like they have some, some like manufactured parks mm-hmm. that like have a pond with like a walk thing around it, but it's like, it doesn't feel real. If you uh-huh. like you're at like downtown Disney or something, it's like <laughs> fine. It's kind it's like, it doesn't feel real. Um, and so there's that. So it was just ugly and the weather's just disgusting. Um, there are hurricanes, uh, huge thunderstorms every day between two and four. Uh, the raindrops are like this big. <laughs> Snowball-sized. Uh, uh, they're huge. And then there was like that freeze last February where I didn't have water for Oh, yes. Week. Yes. Uh, uh, regular listeners of the show know that one of my frequent guests, Jackie Johnson, was in Texas to get married, and they ended up um, having to get married in, in her hotel room. Because, oh my gosh. And they could like yeah, like all the like none of the planned vendors could come because no. the roads were frozen yeah. and she was afraid of COVID. I mean it was like a, a yeah. nightmare scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um my neighbors, I met all my neighbors that week because they were like, Can I borrow some captured snow out of your wheelbarrow so I can melt it and put it down my toilet? Thanks. Oh my gosh. Oh that's awesome. We're borrowing like swimming pool water from the guy next door. Um there was a night where I was like, I really wanted to eat I wanted some pasta. I just felt like, and I was like, I had two bottles of water and I was like, God, I really need to wash my hair. Do I wash my hair? Do I boil pasta? Like it was gross. What'd you do? I boiled pasta. (laughs) I feel like that's the right decision. I boiled pasta and then I used the pasta water to use to flush down the toilet. So I didn't feel like I totally wasted the water. I kind of got two uses out of it. Yeah. And then I borrowed water from someone to wash my hair. But anyways, yeah. Um, that was a rough week. I was like, I totally failed my Laura Ingalls test because I thought I'd be like a really good pioneer. So not. Um, <laughs> I was like, nope, not not my jam. Um, so yeah, and then there's the the what I do for a living, like that cup just didn't get filled the whole time because I am a dog trainer because I'm like I like relationships. Like, let's repeat for the audience: How old is Wendy? Seven. And we've been talking this entire time mm-hmm. of her life. It's not like you saw me and you never saw me again. Right. And that's kind of like this facility was kind of like, you'll never see those people mm-hmm. again. Um, but like, I'm about relationships. So I want people to call me and ask me, and I have this weird dog question. I had a client from nine years ago. She's like, I think we're ready for a puppy. Will you help us? Like, that's that's my jam. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I want people to know I get Christmas cards from people, you know, I get pictures from leaving the dogs that we rescued during that. Um, when I was down at the Downey shelter, like people are still, I still follow them on Instagram and they're still being like, look, Alpine loves the snow and all these cute things. It's ridiculous. So that's what I love. And I wasn't getting any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the owner was super 
understanding. She was like, yeah, I figured it wasn't going to work. Aww. <laughs> like, she was like, I was like, yeah, I've got her. And then she's like, she's going to realize that this place sucks in Houston. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So I gave notice. I think I gave him like four months notice. I was like, I'm leaving just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and then, then I, and then I got the hell out of there. And now you're in Napa. Is this the same town I, that you grew up in? Well, I was in Napa briefly until I found a place to live. Now I'm in Santa Rosa, okay, which is about an hour north of San Francisco. Cute. It's um, I just read somewhere it's the fifth largest city in the Bay Area, Ooh. but like there aren't a lot of big cities in this. So it's like okay, <laughs> fifth under like San Jose, Oakland, like all the other cities in the Bay Area. It's the fifth, right? Uh, we have an Apple Store, so it seems it's pretty metropolitan. Um, <laughs> But there's lots of cows and sheep and horses. And I grew up, technically, I grew up in Sacramento. Okay. But I had cousins here and used to spend a lot of summers and visits here. So this Northern California feels like home. It's like, I was just in LA like two weeks ago and Mm -hmm. I was like, this place is crazy. There's so many people here. Where are all these houses? They're just all on top of each other. Like I've been gone three years and I just was freaking out at how dense it is because I've just haven't, I've been gone a little bit. So do you miss LA at all? That's what happens. Not at all. I've not, noticed this. Yeah. Not at all. Um, no. Like, and, even I had friends that are like, great, you're coming to town. Is there some restaurant you want to eat? Like, I went to Swingers. I was really mm-hmm. excited. I, like, met my friend Rebecca at Swingers. I was like, oh, I need to go to Swingers and have Edwin's pasta. It's going to be so good. And it was. But. Not enough to make you come I back. I could wait another three to five years for that. Like, yeah. I just. Yeah. So. So now you're you're doing. I know you came down to pick. So you came down to pick up Maple, and then yes. you brought her back, and you're doing what? What is what? Are you doing puppy? What do you call? What do you call what you're doing? I call it indoctrination. No, I call it <laughs> just puppy raising. Like you know, getting her to sleep through the night. She's twelve weeks when I mm-hmm. got her up here. So sleeping through the night, potty training. Um, being okay in her pen, like she's calmed herself down, like uh-huh. not, you know, kind of working her own uh, ability to self-soothe. Um, I think owners, even when they not don't mean to, they can like, you know, over coddle. You are using then. a tone of voice as if you are cute. Are you talking about me? <laughs> don't think I didn't immediately know I that. Saying, I go, man, <laughs> the minute these words are coming out of my mouth, she's going to be like, I know you're talking about Wendy. Oh my God. No. No, Have I'm I not t- talking about Wendy, I, but like, truly, like, yeah. you know, nobody needs to know anything about your relationship with Wendy, but like, you're not, you are not alone, <laughs> Allison, like you. I did it with my kids too. And it's, it's hard, it's, it's hard with kids and with dogs to uh, allow them to be making sounds that make you think they're in distress. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. So, um. It's nice to just have the dog and the dog is in distress and it doesn't, it doesn't turn any buttons for me. So I don't go running to it and I'm like, work it out. You're mm-hmm. fine. Read a book. You're right. fine. Um, you know, I'll play some calming music. I'm really big on 417 megahertz frequency right now. It's supposed to clear out negative energy and the dogs seem to fall asleep when I put it on. So whatever. Um, How do you yeah. find that frequency? I have no idea. I like read it somewhere and I'm like, what's this? It's no, but like, how do you... Like I say, I ask Alexa. Don't want to say her name. Yeah. She heard me. She can hear me from across the room. So you ask your your um smart I ask my smart device. speaker to yeah. play. Yeah, got it. Interesting. And then is it like 
just up like like a tone or no, is it it's kind of like sound sound bathy oh, like it's a little like it's a little woo woo what i'm gonna write but this down what is the specific 417 417 i've been playing 418 this whole time that's where i've been going wrong um i remember but now there's and then there's a bunch of other frequencies for other things and i was like what like I just so I'm kind of like looking at that now but yeah and she's walking on a leash and sitting at curbs and sit and down stay touch leave it getting all her commands um so when I bring her back she's certainly not done because she's still a baby Mm -hmm. but um like they can like go about their life a little more they have you know two girls and they have busy lives and another dog who's just like this rescue dog who just like sleeps on the couch all day and she's just lovely little throw pillow she's fabulous <laughs> she's like whatever i don't care and so now they've got this nut who's just like <laughs> oh my god i'm so cute everybody thinks i'm cute oh my god and then she just goes through like these puppy zoomies and then she gets like violent she's got rage and she gets <laughs> super angry about stuff and gets yeah and then i just put her in her crate and told her to be quiet Tex doesn't like her because mm. he's blind now. And oh. So he's just like minding his own business and he's pretty deaf too. Mm-hmm. So here he is like in his own like quiet space. And then like he just gets like shot in the face with like this fluffy dog. And um, yeah. And then he just goes, ha ah! <laughs> with like his, his, with his four teeth that he has left. Uh-huh. So yeah, I remember when we first called you. And we had done like a few trainings and I was kind of like, and I think from your Instagram, I knew that you would sometimes just like take puppies and, and, and teach them everything and then bring them back. And I was kind of like, can you just do this with Wendy? And you're like, no, you missed the window. Now, basically, I just have to train you and Daniel and Wendy can come along. And I was like, God damn it. This is <laughs> I really wanted like I really wanted. Can you just take her out and train her? I don't think you would have been able to like let Wendy go for two weeks, honestly. Oh, no, not for two. I don't think now I'm remembering it wasn't for two weeks, but yeah. you would come and then we'd all go outside and go on a walk yes, together. Yeah. And I like was, she, she'd be like, Oh, you're like, do I have to be here for these lessons? I'm yeah. Like, yes. Yes. And I was do. hoping you could just pick her up and teach her stuff and then drop her off. Right. I, a lot of, a lot of people ask me that they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, do I have to be here? And I'm like, yes. yes yeah. Well, cause yes, we don't realize that you're training us. Yeah, well, you're, you it's the to, relationship. You have to be there. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. So, you know, I, I probably told you last time you were on the show, but I remember you commenting at the beginning that Wendy was so hyper bonded to me and vice mm-hmm. versa. But now mm-hmm. she is all, I mean, she likes me, but she's all about Daniel. Is she? Yes. She sleep like wherever he goes, she goes with him or she wants to be she's, in the room right. wherever she is. Well, because you had two babies. I think so. If he's in the bathroom. She's like, oh, well, at least she's, yeah. You know, she can't, she has to share you. She only gets a third of you now. Yes, and she yeah. still can get, she can probably talk Daniel into like hundred percent loving. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's sick. Um, when Daniel leaves the house, she just sits near the window and kind of just waits. And I made the mistake of asking, and I knew the answer, but I was like, when I leave the house and he's like, yeah, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't notice. <laughs> she does not care. But like you said, I think it it's better because then I don't feel guilty when I'm not paying attention to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's such a sweetheart. I I love calves. I I always tell people who have never had a dog before and they want a first dog and if they have kids, mm-hmm. um I say just get a calf. Just 
Like, don't overthink this. Just go get a Cavalier and they're great dogs and they don't need a lot. Um, don't overfeed them because they will talk you into it. Oh, yeah. That's their thing. Um, but they're just, they're just really sweet. They so, are. What's another are. breed? Are there, what's like a, if, if someone said, uh, you know, what's a breed? I'm saying it. What's a breed that's similar to a Cavalier temperament wise, but maybe without the, with fewer health problems? Um, I would say, you know, what's really interesting. I was reading, um, an article about the, the doodle Mm -hmm. explosion. Um, and the, um, they were saying that doodle poodle crosses overall have like 63 or 65% less cancers Mm -hmm. than their purebred parts. Right. Interesting. Like the numbers that the cancer numbers of goldens and labs and poodles are much higher than the the mixes. Right. And I was like, okay, so that's one argument for them. Is that the like the only one though? To, <laughs> as far as you're concerned, right? You're not a big doodle fan. Maple is fabulous, I have to say, and she knows it. Mini golden doodle, female mini golden doodles, and there's something magical about them. Mm-hmm. They're everyone I've ever trained has been epically f- wonderful. Um, but I mean, they, they're throwing it into everything right now. So Bernadoodles. Mm. Wait, um, what? I have a question. Okay, so I I have solicited questions on Patreon. And oh, then also I, I had people call in with questions. And someone I know, uh, a friend of mine called in about her Bernadoodle. So, uh, so actually, should we just play that question now? And then you can answer it since you just made a comment about Bernadoodles. Okay. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we are now looking at Maple. She's so cute. Oh, so she's a golden doodle. Mini golden doodle or like a... Yeah. Okay, so she's like a miniature poodle and a golden retriever. Yes. Oh, my God. So what will she be like, 20 pounds? Mm-hmm. She's so yeah. cute. You're such a good dog expert now, Alice. I know. I don't know what happened. Check you <laughs> out. Because like, of be 20, 20 pounds, <laughs> right? Yeah, about 20 pounds full grown. Okay, <laughs> okay so here is the call. Hi, I have a 12-month-old Bernadoodle who's a giant asshole. My question is, how do we get him to stop digging trenches in our yard and stop barking in general, but more specifically, at everyone? Thanks. (laughs) I've met this dog through a sliding glass door. He's he's so cute, but he's huge. Oh, um, right. So he's like standard poodle and a full-grown Bernadoodle, and then they're just giant beasts. I guess, yeah. He is very, very big, and he's got that puppy energy where he's like popping up all the time, and yeah, just uh, digging trenches um, in their yard. Well, this isn't going to last, Maple, because you're really like not in, in in your zen place right now. Yeah. But look at this face. Bye, Maple. Oh, Maple. she's so cute. She is so yes. cute. You know, she really looks... So we had... I think I've mentioned we had a little miniature poodle when I was growing up named Woofy. And she's very poodle looking. Woofy. Yeah. <laughs> Woofy. 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 Well, I, I, didn't say, I didn't say it that way. We said it... Woofy. Inter- Woofy. I love that. <laughs> um, she looks... She's very poodly. Uh, 
Yeah, she's really cute. She's going to start screaming. I put her in a crate right next to me, thinking that she would just calm down. It's just her witching hour. I'm like, oh, God. I got to I got to get on the call. I got to feed them both. I got to walk them both. I got, ha, ah, this is the worst time, but it's a good time. It's not the worst time. Um, Fine all right, so 12 months. I love it when people go, my dog's an asshole. I do love it. It's just the best <laughs> thing ever. It just always makes me laugh. Oh, you're going to cry, aren't you? Okay, well, we're just going to let you go and see if you go get bit by Texas. Let's go see what happens. It's going to be a gladiator fight. <laughs> um, so my hunch is all right so digging is a boredom Mm -hmm. so barking can also be frustration um and some boredom so my hunch is that he probably doesn't have a lot of structure in his life and he probably has too much freedom and i can almost say this about any dog um less freedom more structure solves a myriad of problems so um, he's probably like a giant dog. Like he's probably not getting an exor- enough exercise because they probably can't walk him because mm-hmm. he sounds like a beast. But because they didn't train him to walk when he was younger, they can't walk him now. So then that you get into that cycle, like it's a pain in the ass to walk him. So you don't walk him. So he doesn't get to practice to get better. And then you're just like in this circle, like going on and on. So you need to figure out like what tools are going to work for him. Like, is it a uh, gentle leader? Is it an easy walk harness? Is it a prong collar? Like what's going to work and make him happy to walk and manageable to walk so he can walk more. So then he's happier because he's more tired and all, and you're happier because he's not digging holes because he's not bored because he got to go on a walk and like sniff and stuff. Um, you know, so I'm going to guess like he probably sleeps in bed with him or wherever he wants, you know, I'd be surprised if he slept in a crate. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but like that, that usually is a big giver away or of behaviors when it's like the first question I ask them like so where do they sleep at night and they're like in bed with me and you're like what in bed in, in bed in what bed in our room I'm like in a dog bed in your room they're like no like they completely try to like <laughs> I'm like who are you trying like it's just me what just say they're in my bed so um yeah, but, but we all know how you feel. I mean, I can feel it. I can, I can, I'm recalling the judgment I felt over Wendy in our bed. It's <laughs> not judgment as like, I want to help you. So mm-hmm. it's like, if, you know, like, and everybody knows this. Like, when I ask them, they know that they're not supposed to be doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, because they'd be like, oh, some people go, oh, she sleeps in bed with us. Like, it's totally like, they know it, they don't have any idea that that's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, ah, I'm <laughs> bad about this. Yeah. You know, so, you know, like if somebody's always dehydrated, I'm like, well, do you drink water? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. So re- water. remind us why it is bad to let your dog sleep in bed with it's you. It's not that it's bad and it's not a problem unless it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So if your dog has boundary issue drama, and they don't listen to you, and you're just a roommate, and you're not anybody of influence in their life. And you're not a fuck buddy, you're just a roommate. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have to look at the things that you control in their life versus the things they control. So if they have a full bowl of food all day, and they free feed, and they eat when they want, and they have a dog door, they go out when they want, and they sleep in your bed, you're really just like the errand girl. Like You're just not the person making decisions. Mm -hmm. But if you leash them up for their walk and you poop them and pee them on their walk and you feed them. And if they don't eat their food, then it goes up and they sleep in a crate. All of a sudden, like 
somebody would be like, well, then you're a warden and they're in prison, mm -hmm. but you're controlling their resources. So you have like puppies with thumbs now. You've got the kids, like they have resources and to do what they want to do, they have to do other things. You know what I mean? And when kids get older, it's like you can't have screen time until mm -hmm. you do this. You homework, do yeah. homework, don't do this. You don't spoil your dinner. You don't come home and eat what you want. Like all of those things, you want to drive the car, you're going to have to do this. Make right. It, it is kind of the same. It like, you it's know, completely with toddlers, even though they throw their weight around and they act like they want to make their decisions they're you know, I think most child uh, psychologists would say that when you are the one making holding limits and making decisions for them, they actually feel safer. Yes. And dogs are terrible decision makers. <laughs> they're just the worst decision makers ever. Um, and so that's part of the training, right? Like we're trying to set them up to be successful so I don't have to spend my life correcting their behavior and punishing them and convincing them that the world is really scary. So look at me and punish you when you look out there. What I want them to do is like, I'm going to set you up for success. I'm going to make your choices really simple. So I'm going to keep you in a pen if I don't have my hands on you. So you can't choose to go eat the furniture. I'm going to put you in a crate at night. So if you have to pee, you have to go, Ex excuse me, I have to pee. And you just don't make that bad choice. I'm going to take all those choices away from you. So then I will help you make the right choices. Then by practice, those will be the only choices you ever make. And then ta-da, mm -hmm. right? So it's not that it's bad if your dog sleeps in bed with you. Texas has been sleeping in bed with me now. I got him back in the crate. He's 14. There are years he slept in the crate and years that he didn't sleep in the crate. It was, you know, like sometimes, you know, and I go back to my dog Diva when, that I had between like 20 and 36. Same thing. She was 16. She'd sleep in the crate for years and out of the crate for years. And it was really dependent on like if I was single or not. If I was single, she'd sleep in bed with me. If I was in a relationship, she'd sleep in the crate. Um, But, you know, even when I was married, I think all three dogs slept in bed with us because mm -hmm. we just figured it out and they, it was really cute and we loved it. But um. So he's been back in the crate, but he had like 13 teeth pulled at Christmas and he was having a really hard time recovering. And I mm -hmm. was just for sure that he was going to like die in his sleep. Mm -hmm. So like I just needed him next to me. So he's been in bed with me, um, but he doesn't really do anything. He sleeps. That's all he does now anyway. So if he was being a jerk, he I mean, for most of his adolescence, he never slept in bed with us because he was kind of a jerk on leash. Um so that's why. It's just about controlling their resources and controlling their ability to make decisions and setting them up for success. So when your dog has no respect for you in a leadership way, and you, know, you call it like you're the alpha or leader, whatever, just like if you're just not the one making decisions and throwing your influence around, they're not going to listen to you. So they're not going to listen to you unleash. They're not going to listen to you come when they're running away from you. They're not going to listen to you for sit down, stay. All of that stuff is all, it all bleeds into each other. So that's why. Are that's there long, long any way. puppies that you think, like, would you advise people, no one to ever let, let a new puppy in their bed? Oh, yeah. Cause those guys are like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God. They, I swear their mama dog sends them away going, get in the bed as soon as you can. <laughs> don't, don't, you'll, you'll be in the bed forever. Like, don't ever make you leave. Just get in it. Just get in the bed. 
Just right. get in the bed. Oh, right. Um, well, that's how we were with, with Wendy. I mean, because... you're so cute. And you're just like... And because we were so heartbroken over what happened with Oliver. And Oliver never slept in our bed. That no. We were just like... We were not... I'm glad we got her, but we were not in the right headspace to get a puppy at that time. We were just so sad that I was like, I'm too sad to live, you know? So, and, and then right. she was in our bed and, uh, and yeah. And then what, well, actually the first couple nights we did try to have her in a crate and then she ended up in the bed. Right. She's been and there again, since, like yeah. the dogs, I'm always saying it's like, it's just more, they're more than a dog. It's more complicated. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you're in a grieving period, if you're in any sort of trauma, like you're going to use the dog and you're going to dump yeah. on the dog. And and that's fine. But you have to be aware that that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because those sort of things will sort of come back to haunt you. Like, you know, when like dogs kind of mark periods of our life, you know, and, and, you know, kids, you have like longer and you have milestones their whole life through school and stuff like that. But kids, dogs, shorter life and you have different things like, you know, when I lost Chappie in June, it was like, oh gosh, like it took me back to when I got Chappie and mm-hmm. where I was in my life when I got Chappie and, you know, and I was married and where was I living and all these things. And then it just reminds you of all these things and, and, and happy and sad times and loss and grief and expectations not met and all this sort of stuff. So they're really so much more than a goldfish or yeah. a cat you've had for a long. And I'm not sorry, cat people. I'm, you might feel that way about your cat, but in general, um, it's just really, it's a really complicated relationship. So yeah, puppies are usually the ones who get in the bed first. I have a client right now. And yeah, I think you've like, angered all of the of cat nation. I know. Sorry, cat people. I had a cat. His name was Scrappy. Named him after Scrappy Doo on Scooby Doo Show. I think I had him from like sixth grade to like I was in college. Mm. And um, he was nice, but he was an outdoor cat. So I think it's different. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I do feel that people's relationship with their cats are as intense as people's relationships with their dogs. Are they? It seems like it. It does seem like it. I don't know. Look, I've been accused. I'm overcompensating because I've been accused of disliking I cats. Are. I think you're it's playing it true. really. I think you're playing it real safe, Rosen. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't want to get canceled, Laura. Trying to please everybody. Here. I know. I know. And like in 2022, I'm, I'm done with that. And yet right. here I cats am. Cats are great. Cats count. <laughs> not um, hashtag not all cats. Not cat, all, all cats. cats. Cats lives matter. I don't know. Anyway, you were saying you were saying um, something about puppies. So the puppies. Yeah, I have a client now. She has a 45 pound six month old golden retriever. Nice dog. Maisie um, has tons of like spaz behavior. So like she really should have been in the crate like day one. We could have like totally rerouted this first six months, this for four months, she's been home for two months, right? At eight weeks. And then she's now six months. We could have totally changed the dog that she is, but the dog she is now is going to be the dog she's going to be. Cause, cause her mom just kept letting her be in bed. She gets on all the furniture. She does whatever she wants. And now she's 45 pounds. She's like, get off the couch. And she's like, since when? <laughs> like I've only known being on the couch. Yeah. Like I know you're acting like the, I shouldn't be doing it, but why would I, why in my dog brain would I, why I've always been on the couch. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. I've always been in your bed. And Maisie got really tired in our workout and she just got up and she was sick of me. And so she got up and she like walked down the hall. And so we followed her and she got up on her mom's bed and she just like went to sleep. She was just like, I'm done. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. 
And I was like, really? And so it's that just that sort of when you have a puppy and you're trying to teach them to listen to you and they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to go lay down because this is boring me. <laughs> um, that's that like you just don't have a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. That's all. So, um, but I get it. They're super cute. So let's answer more questions. Um, okay. If anyone wants to call in, obviously it's too late to call in for this show. But uh, the number is 323-553-2331. I said it so fast, I lost. 2331. I'm going to be playing more messages in 2022. So that's the number. Um, I am also on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. That is where I have collected questions for Laura, but other things that you get if you join my Patreon. Bonus episodes of the Friend Zone. That's my Patreon podcast. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. Uh, there's Zoom parties. You can see the Thursday show video. This video will be on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. Um, so, and you can also submit questions and carbs and all sorts of stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you sign up for a year, you get two months free. So 12 months for the price of 10. Okay, let's take some questions. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Oh, what do you know? This first one is from Allison Rosen, and it's a continuation of what she was asking before when she cut you off. It turns out she's wondering... Uh, similar in temperament dogs to Cavaliers. Right. I was thinking about that too. <sighs> um, similar in, in temperament. I don't know. They're kind of magical that way. They're just meh. Um, and I mean that in a good way. They're mm-hmm. just really sweet. And they just go along with the flow. They're just like, cool. That's yeah. Okay. We can do that. We can eat there. That's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> They're fine. Um, but a dog that, um, has really become kind of gaining popularity right now. And I really enjoy training mm-hmm. um, is the Legato Ro Magnolos. Oh, I don't even know what that is. I know. Legatos. They just generally go by that. They're Italian truffle hunting dogs. So they're curly haired. They're kind of like a Portuguese water dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. But smaller. They come in like white and tan and white and all kind of different colors. Um, Gray, like a little, yeah, they come in a bunch of cute colors. Um, really smart dogs. They don't get very big. They're maybe a 30 pound dog. Hmm. Um, they're adorable puppies. Um, their grooming's not that bad, although it's curly. They don't like, it's not like weird matting hair kind of stuff. So it's easy just to keep them clean. Um, they're just really smart and they're really sweet. Um, they're not too bossy. I've, I've, all of the ones that I've, I've worked with have been darling. And I've had ones from like nine years old to like three months old. So um, I really like those right I will, now. I will look them up. Um, yes. Okay. Allie M. It's not me. Allie M. <laughs> even though I am an, an Allie M. You're, I have a question from Allie R. <laughs> a. Rosen. Um, Wendy. <laughs> I know. Okay, she says, I recently rescued a Chihuahua mix who is terrified of everything. Parentheses, she's making progress. My mom lives very close by and is who I thought would be our dog sitter when away from home, but my dog is too scared of her to do anything with her while I'm not home. Any tips for how we can build the dog's trust in my mom? Oh, that's sad. 
Um, well, it's tricky, you know, sometimes answering these kind of questions because I don't know. Right. Um, how scary her mom is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but, you know, dogs can be really sensitive to a lot of things like energy, tone of voice, um, height, stuff like that. They they can just be weirded out by it and you don't know why. Um, and you can make up a story like, oh, maybe they got hit by a tall person, whatever. But there's, for whatever reason, they don't like it. And so I would say um, shy dogs are hard. They're great because like when they make progress, you're like, yes, it's so rewarding. Um, but I would say probably... You just can't rush it. It might take months. Like, I don't know how long she's had the dog. She didn't say, right? She um, said I recently rescued. Recently. Yeah. So I say with rescuing, I usually say it's like four months before the dog really kind of like settles into being your dog. So if she's like recently, like I've had the dog a month, like you're just still, you're still in the honey, not even the honeymoon stage because it's a bad stage. But it's still really new to the dog. So the dog, so I would just like set up some routines if she, you know, Make sure she crate trains that dog, right? Because the crate could give the dog a real sense of safety. So if she has a nice small crate with soft bedding and it's cozy and that's where she likes to be, then that crate can go to her mom's and the dog doesn't care where the crate is as much as if she's doing what we all do with a sad, scared dog and we're just like, we let it sleep in bed with us and we, you know, and we cradle it and we coddle it and we just, and then like, so then they hyperbond us. Of course they're going to be scared of everybody. And, and so, we kind of have to, it's our responsibility to like build up the dog. Oh no, the puppy just found a toy. It's going to get loud. Okay. Maybe not. It hasn't Anyways, happened yet. She found her flirt pole. Best toy in the world. A flirt um, pole? I've never. Flirt pole. What is it? I so They should give me some kickback yeah. here. It's, it's by Squishy Face is the name of the brand. And it's a flirt pole. So it's like a cat flirt pole. It's a mm-hmm. pole with a string and rag on the end. But they make them for dogs, so they're durable. Oh, fun. And she goes bananas for it. Um, so you can just sit down and just Right. Yeah. It's a very, very lazy person dog toy. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm like, I can watch Ted Lasso. Okay, come on. <laughs> just woo. Um so she's got to make sure that she's not like coddling the puppy and that she's enabling the puppy to do some confidence building stuff. So I would do, I would teach puppy touch. Mm-hmm. So that helps shy dogs because then, so, you know, touch is like touching nose to your hand like that. Um, and that helps a dog beside it being a trick and they're getting a treat for it. So that's a fun yeah. game. It helps a shy dog control hello. Mm-hmm. So oh, interesting. Say, yeah. And so like, I'm a stranger. I put my hand out and then the dog's like, oh, I know what this game is. I'm going to touch your hand. You're going to give me a cookie. So it gives them more confidence as opposed to scary hand coming to get me. Right. So teaching touch is important. I would get some sort of sleep routine going on. Um, you know, maybe some CBD would help. Mm-hmm. Certainly I have mom feed her sometimes, you know, some delicious food. So she kind of has like a positive sort of thing with mom. Um, so it sounds yeah, like overall, be patient. yeah, it sounds like overall it's less about, Oh, she ac- just peed. Do you need Sorry. to go get it? It's okay. It's already happened. <laughs> so it sounds like it's less about 
specifically something with the mom than just getting the Chihuahua mix who's terrified everything to feel more confident in general. Yeah. Okay. And it's hard because as people were just like, why don't you understand my intention? Let me hold you. Mm -hmm. I'm good. And they're like, this is so scary. Oh my gosh, I'm terrified, right? Yeah. So, and and when you think it's like, okay, I think she's ready. I think I'm going to make that next step. It's too soon. Mm-hmm. Just know that it's too soon. Um, and people do this sometimes with dogs that bite, like shy dogs that bite. They're, they're like, oh, I think I think she'll let me pet her now. And then they grab them and they get bit in the face. And you're like, mm-hmm. mm, too soon. Puppy, puppy, Maple, hi, come here. Watch, touch, touch. She laid down. She's got a really good down. Oh, you're brat. <laughs> Angela D says, any tips to stop my two-year-old pug from chewing anything he finds on the ground, socks, shoes, paper? He has a lot of chew toys and regular exercise doesn't seem to prevent it. Pick up your house. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, sometimes management is a thing. Like, like people will be like, he's always going into my son's room and peeing. It's like, shut your son's door to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like dogs do what they do. They practice everything they're doing is practice to do it again. Right. So they're like, that was so much fun. I'm going to totally do that again. So um, I would teach a leave it for sure. I would teach a drop it for sure. So when pug is going for socks, head sock, you say, leave it. And he looks, Sorry. And then you give him a reward. Or when Pug already has sock, you say drop it, and he drops it, and you give him a reward. Um, so those are two really, really important tools um, for dogs who like to steal stuff and get into stuff. But that and just keeping stuff off the ground, for mm-hmm. sure. But I, I wouldn't know what to do without leave it. It's the best command in the world. So, Hi, puppers. I don't think Wendy really knows leave it. Um, she doesn't have to. She's a cavalier. <laughs> Joy Whitbeck says, I like to run on trails and have had some awful encounters with bad owners not following the leash laws and letting their dogs charge and bark aggressively at me. What's my best response in the moment to stay safe and to the person whose dog is going to get uh, hurt or hurt someone? P.S. If I see a dog nearby, I walk and give as much space as possible. I don't hate dogs as much as Allison hate cats. See, it's a inside joke now, an odd. <laughs> but a few experiences no, think, have made me very cautious of them. I think that's. I think her awareness is great because I'm always blown away by runners who just run by dogs and think a dog's not going to chase them. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're running. <laughs> Most dogs are like, what? Like. They're going to chase you. Or if you zoom by on a bike or a skateboard, I'm like, don't be a dick. So, but I get it. I, I can I can envision everything and where she is when she's saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can totally imagine like in LA, like running on trails. I mean, that's where people like want to get their dog exercise. And those are the people who are like trying to do right by their dog, and like trying to get an exercise. So it's not digging holes and barking at everyone, right? So- but there has to be like some responsibility. Like the, the law is your dog has to be under your control at all times. So if it's charging people, it's not under your control. And it's not respectful because 
a person can be afraid of dogs and imagine how terrifying that is when you're just trying to be healthy and go running and you're getting charged by a dog. It's, it's a really bad thing. It's happened to Texas tonight before this boxer came out of nowhere and was just running up on us. And he used to have a problem with dogs. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs, get your dog. <laughs> Like so loud. And I'm like, and I just kind of bent my knees and I was like, I'll kick it. If it comes up to me, I will kick this dog. And, uh, I did, I pushed it. Well, I, I, I pushed it very hard with the bottom of my foot. And then he got mad at me and I said, I, you know, the owner I was did? holding, I was holding Texas and he was screaming and it was like, yeah. And the owner's like, Hey, and I'm like, really? Hey, like, where's your leash? Like what's going on? This is super unsafe. So now, not you a, being a dog trainer, could you tell that that what, what the boxer was going to do? Like, could you tell? Yeah. That and the wasn't- boxer wasn't, the boxer wasn't aggressive. He was mm-hmm. a boxer. So he's just like, I'm just going to run up on you super hard and I'm not going to stop. And I'm not listening to my dad. And he's like seven houses behind me, but my dog was going crazy. Yeah. And for his safety, like something had to happen. So and I'm also not going to be one. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm someone who would yell at somebody about something and then most people don't want, and especially in this world, it's just like not the climate for like, um, people are very emboldened. And so yeah. you don't want to yell at the wrong person and get right. shot or whatever. So um, I would say um, if running, I would bring um, pet corrector, which is not an air horn. But it's it's like the red can. It's like a like it, it makes like a, that high pit like a it hiss. Goes, psst, yeah. It's just like air, right? So that could be enough. There's also spray shield, which goes further and is a citronella spray. So again, not mace, not going to burn mm-hmm. him, but gets more distance. So you could use spray shield, and the dog's just going to be like whoa and kind of yeah. go away. So I would I would do that. Um, my dad used to just walk with a big stick. <laughs> When we were kids in the neighborhood, just be like, but you don't want to do that when you're running. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, and when you're on trails, these, these people aren't, you're never going to see them again. It's like, if it were my neighbor, I'd be like, hey, I'd have a discussion, you know, I'd bring him a leash. <laughs> I'd, I've had people buy me, buy gift certificates for training for their neighbors. <laughs> Um, I, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, um, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's tricky because it is really irresponsible of the owner to let your dog run off leash, yeah. especially in those parks. You just, it's dangerous. Um, Megan P wants to know, is she proud of Wendy for her weight now? I'm so proud. I'm <laughs> proud of Allison. For Wendy's weight. Thank you. Yeah, ideal body condition. I mean, ideal. come on. Ideal. You're just gonna you're just want you want her to live as long as she can. Well, she has a heart murmur now, she's on heart meds, so it was kind of So fortuitous. I wasn't good enough. You had to have the doctor. No, tell no, no. Oh, no, okay. we had already done it when it when Oh good. Yeah, when good. it was discovered. That's something the the her cardiologist said she has she's in her body condition is ideal and her cardiologist had never known her when she was overweight Good. great so um it was really fortuitous that we had that you had just shamed me so harshly i love that i love <laughs> that my my shame my shaming last. It's just like got sticking. It's got real. It sti- works. Yeah. Like- no, well, it was really good that you had said that. I think, I, you know, just for anyone who didn't listen to, because this all happened on air on the last episode. My feeling was dogs live such. And by the way, our vet, you know, it sh- many people had 
not many, but like any any vet she had seen had said that she's overweight and she should lose right. about this many pounds. Um, and I just felt like they don't live that long, uh, you know, altogether. And so if you think about how long it's going to take for her to lose that weight, that means that she's going to be, look, as someone who has dieted and as someone who had deals right, with my own right, weight, right, right. like it was, she's going to be, it was bringing up my stuff, but like basically she's going to be in a deprived, uncomfortable scarcity state for like a, a year, which is life. equivalent of like yeah. seven years for a long time yeah. or whatever. So I don't want to put her through that's, that. That's exactly what I'm saying with like dogs or it's, it's so much more yeah. than a pet because like literally those triggers of our own stuff. Right. Like I'm constantly saying, like, it's not about the dog. I'm like, how are your boundaries? How are your, yeah. you know, things like, how are your abandonment issues with people? I'm constantly like, it's not, this is so not about the dog. Right. Um. So that's really interesting that, that it was all that stuff for you. But yeah, see that all yeah. comes from love. Right. So then it was, you know, you, you kind of gave us a blueprint for how to do it. It was put her in her crate when you guys eat dinner because Daniel was just giving her like half of his dinner every night. Um, and you know, give her half a cup of kibble in the morning, give her a third a cup of kibble in the evenings and cut down on the treats. And we did all of that. And I would say it took, I don't know. I mean, we've been, that's still the, that's still what we do with her. Right. Um, so maybe it took like a year and a half or two years. Right. Um, but it's, it's hard. Yeah. Because. And she was, she acted different. hungry to get it off a dog. She was hungry all the time at the beginning, but <laughs> now she's actually like, sometimes she won't finish her breakfast, but then she'll go back and she'll have it later. But I think some of that's because she's on Pimo Bendin now, um, which is a heart med. But anyway, but it's just good that, that we, it's good that she's going into this, needing to be on heart meds yeah, at a really good weight as opposed right, right, to right. if she was super yeah. overweight and then I'd be worrying like, oh, what's happening? You know, is this making it worse? Right. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to not, you know, like Texas is on, Texas is a lean dog. He's got a swimmer's body. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he is on a dog food called Fat Dog. <laughs> and I'm like, how long before they cancel that dog food? Right. Because um, even my friend's, eight-year-old was like that's a terrible name why would they say it should be like chubby dog why is it fat dog and no I'm but like, i think people have reclaimed and this is hard for me to wrap my head around but people have reclaimed the reclaimed word fat, fat. yeah because to me overweight is so much like gentler that because it's because of the time that i grew up like overweight is yes. a more gentle way of saying fat but the thinking is overweight suggests there's something wrong there's with some it weight fat that is just you're a descriptor. not meat, yeah right. I, I'm down with that. So wait, what is fat dog though? Is it f- <laughs> four dogs it's who a, need to diet? Yeah, it's a weight maintenance, low fat dog food. Now he doesn't need to lose weight, uh-huh. but he's had a bout with pancreatitis before. Oh. And so you just have to keep, I have to keep him like his meals have to be really lean. So Got it. He eats whatever I give him. So he's he's always been good like that. What do you think of, uh, and here's where we're going to anger some people. What do you think of grain-free or raw diets? Hmm. Um, there have been some recent articles out that like everybody panicked about the grain-free because mm-hmm. like grain-free was big for a while. Right. And then they were like, oh my gosh, don't do it. It causes cardiac problems. And then it was like, oh my God. And everybody started eating grains again. <laughs> so all of that stuff just, just it's cyclical. Yeah. Just like, just. 
wait a minute and don't change your dog's food for any reason. If this ain't broke, don't fix it. Like you're fine. So <clears throat> I think the grain, I think grain free isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. I think there's a bit of like our own yeah, keto projection of gluten and whatever on our dogs. Um, I mean, they're literally, there was a push at the LA animal services at the shelter, the who runs the shelters to put all the dogs on um, plant-based diet. <laughs> and it Can was like, a dog that, be on a plant-based diet? No. Yeah. I mean, sure, whatever. They're scavengers technically, but it's, it wouldn't be good for them. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, they're meat eaters. So um, that was just weird. But, um, and raw, I think is great. I think raw's really expensive. If I had one small dog, raw mm-hmm. may be a good thing. There's a lot of uh, fresh food diets now. Like, you know, starting in LA was like just food for dogs. They were mm-hmm. in like pioneers and that. And they were cooking fresh meat meals for your dog. They'll do specific um, diets uh, in tandem with your vet if mm-hmm. it's something specific that your dog needs. Um, but I just had like a not so good experience with one of those guys one of those fresh food providers when texas got really sick Mm. um and so i'm kind of not down with their food anymore because i kind of like this one i'm not going to say their name but this like the one company like they make you think that like you take this big like questionnaire about your dog and what they need and they're like we've got the exact thing for your dog they make one turkey meal they want to make chicken meal and everybody gets it but they make you think that it's made specifically for your dog and it's not and then they charge you a gajillion dollars for it right and then try to make you feel good that you're doing a good thing for your dog and i just think it's a kind of it's it's a little profiteering on Mm -hmm. the relationship with your dog like i I, i'm kind of the if it ain't broke don't fix it Mm -hmm. like if your dog likes their food and you've gone to the vet and all of their, the doctor says they're fine, then then that's okay. You don't have to spend $1,000 on their food. Yeah. You don't have to cook. Some people cook for their dogs. Like, I, that's great. Um, but that's also really hard because you got to make sure it's not just vegetables and meat. You got to add like all these other things to make it complete. And so that gets really tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, dog food's gross. I can I can say that. Yeah, they're just like, high heat rendering of dog kibble and it's just not a lot of nutrition, but like you can add stuff to your own dog's food. Um, Don't buy your dog food at the grocery store. That's my only like caveat. That's my non-negotiable. If you can buy it at the grocery store, it's probably not good dog Mm -hmm. food. I think Disney has a dog food called Old Yeller. Oh, really? Which is insane because that dog died in the movie. So... I'm not sure who that audience is. <laughs> let's but, take a oh go ahead. Oh yeah. No, let's take a ahead. quick break. Uh, and then we'll come back. I want to tell you guys about a product that I've recently become acquainted with that I'm in love with. This next ad comes to you from a company that's cooking the best omelets you'll have all year, all while changing the world one egg at a time. It's called Just Egg, and I'm excited to tell you about it. So Just Egg is a cholesterol-free, plant-based egg that gives you the most decadent quiches of your life, the fluffiest scrambles, and the easiest egg sandwiches of all time. It has about the same protein as a chicken egg, and it has less saturated fat. Plus, Just Egg is packed with cholesterol-lowering polyunsaturated fat, 
chicken eggs. Wish they were this healthy. Uh, and so I have it in two different forms. I have a couple bottles of just egg and then I have the just egg patties. The just egg patties make like delicious egg sandwiches. You just pop it in the microwave or in your, there's, you know, a couple different ways that you can heat that puppy up. And then the just egg, you just pour it into a pan. I think you can probably also do it in the microwave. Did you want a detailed description of how to cook it? I think everyone, however you do an egg, that's how you do just egg. Uh, you can, you, but I poured it into a pan and then I scrambled it and it makes like a really, like it scrambles up super well. And then the flavor, honestly, I think I prefer it to a chicken egg. It's a, it's slightly more savory, slightly more umami, a thousand times as delicious. It's really good. Happy New Year, everyone. May it be filled with just egg. Just egg. Really good eggs. I also want to talk to you guys about Lumino. I love my smile. What I don't love is all the toxic ingredients in most dental care products. They're not good for your health or your teeth. If you want the best for your oral health, products made with natural ingredients that help your smile not harm it, you should be using Lumino. Lumino makes toothpaste, mouthwash, and whitening products that actually help your oral health instead of hurting it. They use purposeful and uncompromising ingredients like sea salt, aloe, and coconut oils to clean and brighten your smile. Plus, everything they make is certified non-toxic. You won't find harsh bleaches, artificial dyes, or alcohol in any of Lumino's products. Everything they make is dentist-formulated, backed by over 50 studies, and proven to protect the good bacteria in your smile, also known as the microbiome. Lumino whitening strips are super effective and perfect for sensitive teeth. It only takes 30 minutes to apply and you'll see results in seven days, making for incredible before and after pics. And I think one of my favorite Lumino products is the pen that you can apply before uh, imbibing, in, imbibing, imbibing, yeah, that, that works, or ingesting, that's the word I was going for, before eating something that's going to cause stains in your mouth, um, and it's gentle, and it's whitening, and uh, it's, it's preventative as well. I love how my smile feels and looks, and I know you'll love Lumino as much as I do, too. Get 15% off your order today by going to getlumino.com slash bestfriend and use code bestfriend. That's getlumino, G-E-T-L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X.com slash bestfriend, code bestfriend to save 15%. Getlumino.com slash bestfriend. Okay, now we're back. Uh, okay. Erica Crickson says, we have a 10-month-old baby and two exuberant and big dogs. One of them wants to play with the baby but doesn't have great physical boundaries, and the other is old and doesn't want the baby in his space. Any training tips? We worked hard on touch and leave it before the baby was born, and those are our go-tos. Yes, lots to say here. I want them to go to Family Paws official website. And that's for family pause parent education. Um, I've recently become certified, licensed in this this um, education program, which tackles um, having dogs in families, you know, kids in families and dogs, and 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 making it so the kids are safe, that the dog, the kids are dog aware, that they understand. We've got coloring pages and things like that when they're getting of that age. So we talk about how, um, you know, dogs age and, 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 and kids change, like how there's so much change in babies like your own. They're just not 
the same animal as they were when they came out of you. And so the dogs know this. And if you have to know your dog and know what triggers they have. The sounds of the toys of the kids, are those the same sounds that drive your dog crazy? This is going to be a problem, you know. There's a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's super, super complicated. Um, I I will give you the their website. There's a lot of free webinars. There's a lot of YouTube videos. And there are certified family pause educators in Los Angeles and in most cities. You can go to their website, click find an educator and call one of these people because they're experts in what they do. And it's just a little bit more than like your regular dog trainer because they have a lot of uh, early childhood education stuff. Oh, that sounds really cool. All right, family Mm -hmm. pause. Um, Yeah, it's interesting watching my own kids with Wendy. Uh, Owen has always been more bond owens our second has always been more bonded with wendy i think than elliot and like sweeter with her elliot's sweet but there's just like a special bond between owen and wendy and yet of late i feel like there's sibling rivalry between and it's not coming from wendy it's coming from owen like he you know <laughs> i love it how you're like it's not wendy <laughs> no no all Let of a sudden yeah all of a sudden owen has changed and so now if he's eating and wendy's in the room um, you know, and if she just starts sort of walking, not coming for his food, which she, by the way, probably she seems she respects them more than us food wise, but I'm not okay. saying she wouldn't, but she's just right. in the room and he'll be like, no, Wendy, no crate, Wendy crate. You know, he'll want her in the crate, <laughs> he'll want her in the crate. Um, she's pretty cool with all of it. Okay. Ames says, what are your thoughts on shock collars? I live in the mountains with moose and bears. So many people use them here, but I'm super hesitant. I should add, I have a stubborn northern breed who can't be off leash ever, which makes skiing and hiking with her difficult, and she needs the exercise. I never even thought of skiing with a dog. Northern breed? What? I don't, what's a northern breed? I wondered that. I thought maybe you would know. No, a northern breed, like a, mean like, like he's got like a husky or like something a malamute or? or something. Okay, um, I'm gonna guess malamute. Okay, that's my guess. I'm gonna cold weather dog. <laughs> um, I appreciate that he lives in cold weather and has a cold weather dog, as opposed to people who live in Los Angeles and have huskies. Um, yes. So e collars, I could go on for so long on e-collars. Texas, the state, loves them some e-collars. Loves, put them on puppy. Put them on anything. Put them on your goat. Put put it on your <laughs> child. Put it, they just to put it on everything. Is E stand um, for electronic? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, it's not. It's, it just vibrates. Mm. I'm like, with a battery, hence electronic. Um, so, shock collar, e-collar, um, stim. <sighs> the idea is that it's just, it's a punishment, right? It's a negative reinforcer. So a lot of people are, they're very popular now. There, there, there's a huge uptick. I, I, I relate it completely unscientifically directly to, um, former president Trump's presidency mm. and just how that time everybody got really weird and like, uh, just angry, emboldened and old fashioned the way we used to do it. So I'll just shock the dog. And, um, and, and so it, it's just really popular. It's, it's, it's popular up here. And, and a lot of the dog trainers who are using it are really 
not qualified because the people who are good at it don't advertise that they do it. You just know someone who knows somebody. Mm. So these people, these yahoos who are like, I do it. Um, I just don't think are very good at it. I, I believe that it takes surgical precision when necessary. Um, cause you have to be able to know exactly what you're marking, the behavior you're marking and getting what you want from that dog. And I would, I don't even, I wouldn't, I don't even wouldn't, if somebody was like, well, you teach my dog to do shock collar, besides the fact that philosophically I won't, Mm -hmm. like, uh, it's not what I do. Like, I'm not going to do it. Like my friend's dentist can give Botox, but you probably shouldn't go to your (laughs) dentist to get Botox. Just saying. (laughs) So the precision, it's important. Um, So, um, so, you know, up here, people use it a lot for like, invisible fences and things like that. And, and I, I truly think I, I'll get a lot of haters, but I probably won't because the people who use shot collars probably don't listen to your show. Um, I Ooh, I, I want them to though. Hey, shot collar people subscribe. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Um, but for the, for the, the layman, for the regular dog owner, not the sport person, not the person training their dog to hunt, not the dog guarding anything of value, regular folks who just want to buy one at Petco and put it on their dog, which is like, I, I mean, I literally have notes about this because Petco you know, shouldn't like, sell them. I feel like, well, like with a go F yourself, yeah. I was like, this is, this is one of the things that I'm like, Hey, this is a really, really technical tool. You shouldn't be selling it to anybody who walks in the door. Yeah. Like it takes training to use. Like it's just, it's just, it just bothers me. So um, I think when you've worn out every single thing you can do, like I've got friends in Napa, they have like three acres. Their dog can be a terror uh, for any delivery person, for the neighbors, things like that. Okay. So, Instead of going, we should have an electronic fence or we should shot collar train. It's like, you should build him a pen. You should build him a dog run where he has plenty of space. He's safe. He's outside. He can come inside. He can enjoy his life. And he doesn't have to worry about guarding the entire property because it's not like his funnest thing to do. Mm -hmm. He would probably just lay in the sun and be happy doing that. So why? And it just triggers his own craziness because he's crazy cattle dog. And so- like try to do everything you can before you get there. So yeah. And, and realizing sometimes that like your expectation of your dog is completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, well, I just wanted a dog that I could ski with. It's like, who the f- skis <laughs> with our dog? No one, no one. Um, I've never like Susie Eskimos, chapstick does no one. Oh, Susie chapstick. She, she would, she'd have like an Afghan hound yes. in a snowsuit. <laughs> And she'd be awesome. That's a hypoallergenic <laughs> dog. That's another like go f yourself with your hypoallergenic dogs. But um, I I would wear out everything possible you can in training, which is going to be costly. And that's another reason people want to do it. If I say it's probably going to cost you five grand to train your dog, and you're always going to have to do it, versus it's you can buy a shock collar for three hundred dollars and just keep popping them and you'll get some results, but you don't really know what the long term is on that. People just want that. They want that immediate because nothing works faster than negative reinforcement. Is it, is it just vibrating? No, 
It's shocking, though. No, some shock. So some will say like, so a lot of them have like a beep, Mm -hmm. a vibrate, and a stim. And the vibrate, true, is less harmful, but it's still aversive. Like it's something, it stops your dog from doing something because they don't like it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if your dog is already like, I don't care about your vibration, you're already going to have to go to shock. Right. Like if you know your dog's going to go beep, beep and be like, oh, I laugh at your beep, beep. <laughs> and like you're going to have to go to shock. You're going to have to start at like shock really low. And you don't know as an owner what's really low for your dog mm-hmm. and what's too much for your dog. I my friends had this shock collar and I put it on my hand. I said, just hit it. Hit it right now for what it's at. Oh, my God. It almost knocked me on the ground. Oh, and I my was God. Like, you are putting this on a 30 pound dog. Like that's crazy. Like, that's really painful. That's super painful. And so you've got to like know what you're doing. And so, yes, shock collars are very popular. A bunch of people are using them that have no business. It's going to create dogs who are going to bite us. That's kind of like the long end and short of it. That's just the short of it. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. I know. So try to find a qualified trainer in your area that does this. I just met a gal here in Santa Rosa. She does it and um, she's legit. And if I ever need something, if I ever have a dog whose life depends on it, I will call her. I had forgotten about that pet corrector spray that just, mm-hmm. the, just the compressed air because we had that. Um, yeah. I forget why we ever used it, but the couple times that we did, it's like – what now is that aversive? Yeah, I guess that's aversive. Yeah, but it's not yeah. painful. Um, right. It's, it's just, just like ah. yeah. It it's just not, it's made, like your it's like your seatbelt warning beep in right. your car. That's aversive, and you put your seatbelt on, and the aversion. I mean, like yeah. you stop hearing it. Oh, I think I think we got it because when someone would come to the door, she's barking. She was barking. Yeah, and I think it just kind of it just made her go what? It kind of like instantly like distracted her. Yeah. And that's the idea. And it's not like not at her and it's not right. on her. Right. No, and you just, just do like, it in the what? room. It's just a sound. And then she looks at you and you're like, good girl. And you give her a cookie and she's like, I'm so confused by what's <laughs> happening. I don't even know what just happened. But, yeah. Um, okay. And then last question. Amanda Rose says, what do you think about the alpha model versus positive reinforcement? And what would be your recommendation for dogs with separation anxiety? That's a lot. So much. I know. It's a couple of different questions. Um, I, I think the whole alpha dominance thing has pretty much been debunked um, for all intents and purposes, like in the scientific dog training community. Um, it's just not, it, it was popular theory based on some faulty information uh, and observations and, um, you know, it just doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. Um, a lot of the wolf studies early on were wolves in captivity and they were wolves that weren't in their own family group. Mm -hmm. So they didn't act like natural wolves act. So it was like big brother. It's like, that's not how families, (laughs) (laughs) families act. That's weird. So, um, a lot of that was just, just bad information. And so bad in, bad out. Um, I think a much more of the, of the school of thought that positive reinforcement Certainly, in child rearing, in our own behavior, in learning theory, just is a better way to go. You want to be set up to succeed. 
You want to be rewarded for the things that you do, right? So you're going to be more likely to do them again. And that's just a nice way to live. I just like to live in that world, right? Um, but I know that sometimes like, a you know, a cookie's not going to fix stuff. Like I'm not one of those people who like never say no to your dog. I'm like, Whoa, yeah, totally say no because there's super inappropriate behavior sometimes that has to be corrected. But don't only correct your dog. You have to give them language. You have to give them expectations. You have to give them an opportunity to do the right thing before you correct them for not making that choice. Then you can correct them, discipline them, do whatever you're going to do with them and set them up for success again. So I don't, and and sometimes, you know, a dog, your dog isn't going to leave a squirrel for a cookie. It's <laughs> not, it's just not a fair trade. And so that's when it starts to get complicated, but you got to like, there's a lot of little steps that you can get to before you go off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um so I just think of it like there's a thing called the humane hierarchy. And if anyone's interested, Google that. And it talks about like dog training and like following the humane hierarchy. So you're you're like going off every exit, you know, trying to not get to the, the you don't want to jump to the last exit, which would be something, you know, inhumane. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about that. And what was the other Separation thing? anxiety. Yeah, that's a new thing because um, COVID has made a bunch of wacko dogs. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard, these little beasts. Um, we've created the whole generation of super messed up dogs that um, people just dumped. Ton- there's tons of fear and emotion and frustration on them during COVID. And um, and then we all go back to work or we all semi go back to work. And then the dogs are like, wait, what? You guys didn't train me or socialize me at all. Like nobody came over in two years and now I hate people. It's like, well, yeah. yeah. So a lot of that, um, separation anxiety. So again, that's another thing. There's just so many avenues to go down. So there's obviously like pharmaceutical avenue, but you know, I'm kind of in that place where I don't want to stick a pill on it. Right. I don't want to be that. Western medicine person. So what is a lot the pill of, they give them? Prozac? They can do Prozac. They can do Zoloft. They can do a bunch of different things, right? So you can just medicate it. Usually it's like six weeks to see if it makes a change. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a good place. That's a good thing to do. I've recommended it before because sometimes we can't even train until we like clear that crazy fog out of their head and that you just kind of got to get them on drugs so you can be like, can you hear me? And then like, <laughs> I can hear you now before you were like a screaming demon and now I can hear you. So, so it can be really helpful. I also um, work with a a holistic vet up here in Napa and she does a lot of um, Chinese herbs Mm -hmm. and holistic stuff, acupuncture for separation anxiety. And she's finding tons of success with Chinese herbs, not so much Western herbs like valerian root and kava kava and the stuff like that, that we, you know, normally use. Um, but some of these Chinese herbs, so you got to go to a, a real holistic doctor to get it. Um, in LA, that's Richard Palmquest. He's the he's the king of all holistic vets. In uh, he's at Sentinella uh, Pet Hospital, kind of near the airport. But um, he's great. I used to go to him with Rufus. And um, so there's Chinese herbs. There's acupuncture. There's canine massage. Ooh, did I tell you I'm I'm getting my canine massage certificate? No. Look at you. Yes, I am. I'm going to be attending the Ojai uh, Animal Massage School. Oh, nice. Ojai is so pretty. So, I, I know, right? So I'm finishing that up in May because Chappie, 
did a lot of I did a lot of massage with him. He had a masseuse that used to come to the house um, every week, and it really helped him in his last months. He mm. really loved it, so I love it, and I'm going to do that. So, um, and then I'm doing this other thing with Texas. It's called the Halo, and it literally is, looks like a little halo, and it attaches to like a little Velcro thing on the back, and it's by this company called Assisi mm-hmm. Health, like St. Francis of Assisi, and um, it it's targeted electromagnetic pulse therapy, and so you push a little button, and it goes 15 minutes twice a day, and it shoots not real, like doesn't like electrocute them, but it puts like targeted magnetic pulses to their brain and it like reconfigures the thing that makes them anxious. You do it for four weeks. Is this 15. like transcranial magnetic stimulation for dogs? Do you know what that Maybe. is? That is like, no. uh, that's so for people with drug resistant depression, yeah. it's like there, there's, it's, it's a thing they do with people with like, you have to have tried a, a series of different antidepressants and they don't work. And it's like, incredibly expensive but they put this thing on your head i think maybe it's mri guided and like they kind of magnetically pulse different areas of your brain like every day for a number of weeks it sounds similar sounds similar yeah these things are like not that expensive they're probably 200 bucks um and i would say i noticed total uh improvement in in texas texas got reared anxiety after chappie died Mm. and all of a sudden he just started howling and he was like the quietest dog and he was just like all day long and it was the saddest thing in the world and then i had to bring him to work with me every day and then i'd leave my office and he'd cry like it was it was awful and um so i started doing that with him here when I got to Napa and I did it for a month and then I kind of dropped off and I was doing, I had to find a place to live and life happens and whatever. And so like I put it on him today for 15 minutes and I'll put it on just every once in a while, but like there's definite lasting effects. So I'm, Hmm. I'm totally into that. So check that out. See, I thought you were going to say crate. I thought the crate was going to be the answer for separation anxiety. Not necessarily. Sometimes that makes everything worse. Oh, wow. So it really depends like some dogs the confinement makes things worse and then they freak out and they hurt themselves in the Mm, crate oh um so it really depends on the severity and if it is separation anxiety if it's just protest Mm -hmm. and not really anxiety at all um uh, you know it's hard to say but it can it can get complicated so yeah don't coddle it Try to do other stuff, exercise your dog, walk them a lot, and engage them, take them to an obedience class. Like anything you can do to like stimulate their brain um, is good. But like those are some things you want to look at maybe from a treatment standpoint. Laura, it's been so nice having you on the show. Before we I go, know. do you have uh, a hey, go fuck yourself? I do have a hey, go fuck yourself. I'm so funny because I, 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 I've been trying like not to cuss lately. So I'm like, hey, go, hey, go F yourself. <laughs> um, so a hey, go fuck yourself is um, people, I'm going to say people who are selling dogs as hypoallergenic. Mm. I'm not going to say fuck yourself people who think they have bought hypoallergenic dogs because they've, they've already been fucked. Um, <laughs> But like, there's no such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. There's not. There's scientifically not. There are dogs that maybe 
trigger your allergies less because they have hair versus fur, but they still have dander. They still have oils. They still have like canine <laughs> DNA, right? So it's still going to bug you. Um, so I, I, it just drives me crazy every time I bump into a poodle person and they're like, he's hypoallergenic. <laughs> kids have allergies. And I was like, oh, that's just great. So Afghan hounds would be like one we, we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. They're considered hypoallergenic, but cause they just, they just make less gunk uh-huh. and you would never think that because you're thinking these curly haired dogs and these dogs had non-shedding dogs york yorkies are another one um poodles are not poodles are terrible there's like more poodle funk on a poodle <laughs> than there is on a yellow lab they just shed more but then so there's no such thing mm. and it drives me crazy i'm sick of it that's interesting for someone to know like which dogs trigger them is it a matter of just spending time with the dog or do is it like generally an Afghan hound will trigger your allergies less. No, they've literally done skin scrapes on dogs. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for this, this canine, whatever they call it scientifically that you're allergic to this Uh thing that. Oh, so it's specific. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're testing all these dog breeds Mm -hmm. for this specific thing. And they're telling you who's got more of it and who doesn't have more of it. Also, if you have carpets in your house, you're going to have more of it's going to stick around. Yeah. If you have HEPA filters and hardwood floors and you bathe your dog a lot and you wash their blankets and you have dog allergies, all these things are going to help you. Mm-hmm. But like if you're allergic to dogs, you're and, and people are like, oh, I just grew out of it. I'm not allergic anymore. It's like, no, you just got comfortable with how stuffed up you are <laughs> or or you're taking, you know, Zyrtec every day or right. something like that. And that's how you manage it. And that's fine. But there's no such thing. Um. There's just not. And so these assholes that are like preying on these people who have a child who really wants a dog who's who's got allergies and then they sell them this $3,000 dog and the kid still has allergies. It's just, it's just bogus. And I, and I, I just, I'm not down with those people who say they sell hyperallergic dogs because they don't. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Thank you. Uh, Laura, so lovely to catch up with you. Tell everyone. You where, so they're going to go. They're going to look up Family Paws. They're going to yeah, look up something um, else. I'll give you. Okay, I need to give you exactly what that is. No, well, you don't need to. They can just Google okay. Family Paws. Yeah. Yeah. We're but good. it's like Family Paws, Parent Education. And I you look like just, a fool because I don't know the name of it and I'm certified. So. You can just email it to me and then I'll put it in the episode summary. Okay. There we yeah. go. All right. So yeah, Family Paws, Pet Education, super important. Um, to just keep your dog safe and keep your kids aware makes good pet owners in the future. Um, so check that out and follow you on uh, your Instagram. social media. Right? It's really all I do, Laura L. London. You're just gonna find super cute pictures of puppies <laughs> uh, and dogs, and I'm not gonna. Um, I don't give training tips. <laughs> Because everybody does. So I'm just trying to keep it light and keep it happy and, you know, show you the dogs that I get to play with every day. Yeah, I love it. I feel these dogs go on adventures with you. They go to stores. They go to <laughs> wine tasting. <laughs> we took uh, maple wine tasting. It was really good. She liked it a lot. So. <laughs> um 
Thank you so much. Listeners, if you like what you're hearing, and even if you don't, please make sure that you are subscribed. Leave us a nice review. Rate rate us five stars. But the, the rating and the review helps the show so much. So please do that. And I recently discovered that you can also rate us on Spotify or I think probably wherever you listen, there's now a way to rate. So go ahead and, and rate the show five stars. If they offer right six, six stars, whatever the most is, tell your friends. Make sure you're listening to my other podcasts, Upworthy Weekly and Childish, and follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you again. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 